Welcome to the World Video Bible School podcast. This month's lessons on the podcast are specifically focusing in on our worship to God. This week's study will teach on how God desires to hear our prayers. It is an awesome privilege to be able to directly speak to the most powerful being and creator of the universe. Join Kevin Rutherford as he talks about prayer and its importance in a Christian's life. Thank you so much for joining us for this study of the biblical subject of prayer. My name is Kevin Rutherford. We're going to be studying this biblical subject of prayer from the New King James Version of the Bible. I've got a question for you I'd like for you to think about for just a moment, and that's this. Could you talk to the leader of your country anytime you'd like to? Could you talk to the leader of your country as much as you would like to? I would suspect that you would have trouble finding even one opportunity to be able to talk to such a powerful person as the leader of your country. And yet there is someone that is far more powerful than the leader of any country, and that is God. And yet you can talk to God any time you want to. That is absolutely amazing considering who God is. God, in fact, is the very creator of this universe. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. God is the most powerful being in the universe. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, no one has more authority than God Himself, and yet He wants to hear your prayers. One of the lessons that King Nebuchadnezzar had to learn, as recorded for us in Daniel chapter 4, is that God is more powerful than any world leader. Even the most powerful world leaders pale in comparison to the authority and power of the Almighty God, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 17. And yet, God has promised to hear the prayers of the faithful, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. What a beautiful promise. What a sweet promise that the Almighty Creator of the universe has promised to hear the prayers of the faithful. He wants to hear what you have to say. And in fact, He even encourages us to talk to Him frequently. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 talks about our prayers and the joy that we have as Christians. And God says, pray without ceasing. Pray frequently. Prayer is so very, very important. Sometimes I believe we forget what we miss out on when we're weak in our prayer lives. We forget about the strength and the courage and the power that we can receive through prayer. We forget about the power that's in prayer because of who God is and because of what He can do. We forget about the forgiveness and the comfort and the peace that we can have when we are mature in our prayer lives, when we are frequent and regular in our prayer lives. Maybe the Lord's apostles were beginning to understand a little bit about the importance and power of prayer when they asked Jesus Christ to teach them to pray in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. Well, that's going to be the theme of this series of lessons on prayer is, Lord, teach us to pray. And the only way for us to understand what God wants us to do in prayer today is for us to go to the Holy Bible and see what God has said in the Scriptures concerning the subject of prayer. So for this first lesson, let's take a look at the purpose of prayer, and then we're going to talk about 
the promise of prayer, and we'll also look at the power of prayer. The purpose, promise, and power of prayer. Consider, first of all, that the purpose of prayer is to talk to a loving Father. Isn't that amazing to think about? The fact that one so great and so powerful, so strong and so mighty, Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 10, is our spiritual Father, our heavenly Father. And so when we're speaking to Him, while we must be very careful to show a great deal of reverence and respect for Him, we understand that He does love us. And as a loving Father, He wants to hear what we have to say. And we can completely trust in Him. Several years ago, when I was a young child, I remember being in a room with several of my relatives when one of my uncles decided he'd have to play a really dirty trick on the kids. All of a sudden, all the lights went out in the room. And this, this man, this, this creature, this thing came, came walking down the ha hallway glowing. And in the glowing light, you could see that he had long, sharp teeth. And in my mind, as a young child, I truly believed that I was looking at a monster that was coming down the hallway and that was going to threaten us. And yet, before the lights went out, I knew that my father was sitting right next to me. I had absolutely no fear, absolutely no fear of what I believed to be a true monster because I knew that my father was right there next to me. I knew that my father loved me and that he would take care of me and that he would defend me. Well, that's the kind of trust that we need to have in our Heavenly Father. And we need to understand that when we go to pray to our Heavenly Father, we are praying to, yes, the most powerful being ever, and yet a being who loves us tremendously, who loves us very much. But we're also in prayer speaking to a Father who is concerned about authority, His authority, and our respect for it, and of course, discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11 speaks concerning the fact that God chastens those whom He loves. God disciplines those whom He loves. And sometimes when we go to God in prayer, we need to remember that our answer to, or the answer to our prayers may not be exactly what we want. Sometimes God knows better than we, He always knows better than we, but sometimes He knows that we're needing to learn a few things first before whatever it is that we're asking for, perhaps release from pain, is taken away from us. But God is a loving Father, and as a loving Father, He even disciplines us. Maybe you remember the prayer of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. He had prayed frequently, three times, for this thorn in the flesh to be removed from him. Whatever it was, it was very unpleasant. He didn't like it at all. He wanted it taken away. But God's answer to him was no. God would not take that thorn in the flesh away from him. And it was then that the Apostle Paul realized that this problem in his life was actually helping him spiritually. It was helping to keep him humble. And so he needed that. So when we go to God in prayer, we understand that we're talking to a, a loving Father who, who does in fact care for us. And yet he's also a Father of authority and discipline. And sometimes that affects the way he answers our prayers. But never forget that our Father is a Father of caring and compassion. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 13, Psalm 73 also, verses 23 through 28, give us the picture of our Heavenly Father holding the hand of His children.
Isn't it amazing sometimes to see a large, strong, muscular father holding on to the tiny little hand of a very, very small child? And in a way, it's such a, a beautiful scene. It's something beautiful to look at because you see someone so strong and so powerful yet caring so much for somebody so weak and so frail. Well, that's the way it is in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's so much stronger than we are. His power is infinite, and we are so weak and by comparison so pitiful, and yet God will hold our hand in the sense that He is a loving Heavenly Father, cares about us, cares for our needs. And so when we go to God in prayer, we understand we are speaking to someone who cares and cares deeply. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 28, also indicates to us the great care that God has for us and, and the fact that all things in time will work together for good to those who love God. He loves us. When you go to God in prayer, know that He wants to hear you because He loves you. Another very important purpose of prayer is to give thanks. We want to give thanks to a loving Father. Let's remember all the spiritual blessings that God has given us. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, those spiritual blessings are to be found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about your spiritual blessings. If you've been immersed in water for the remission of sins, you're a child of God. You are among those who are saved. You are among those who are going to go to heaven. What great blessing is that? How great a blessing can that be? There, there's nothing greater than that. And we're so thankful for such blessings. We're thankful for the blessing of, of the Word of God itself. We're thankful for the blessing of the fellowship that we have with God and the fellowship that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. There are so many spiritual blessings God has given us. So when you go to God in prayer, make sure that you're thanking Him for those blessings. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, this blessing, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, if your sins have been removed by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you live your life for the Spirit and not for the flesh, then you know that there's no condemnation for you. We, because of our sin, deserve death and we deserve wrath. And yet God has made it possible for us to be in a condition where there is no condemnation for us. If that does not cause you to want to, to bow your knee to God in thanksgiving, I, I really don't know what will. Maybe you remember what Paul said about prayer in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. There he tells us, in essence, that we're, we're not to worry. But rather, we are to cast all of our cares and burdens on God through prayer. But even as we do that and seek for that peace inside of us then, that passes all understanding, even as we do that, we need to make sure that we do so with thanksgiving. Let's remember, even in times of trouble, even in times of sorrow, and even in times of pain, that we want to, to ask God to forgive us and help us, but we also want to thank God for all that He has done for us. We can even thank God for the physical life that He has provided for us. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 25, the God whom we serve, the God of the Bible, He is, in fact, the very creator of this universe and the one who gives life and the one who sustains life. And you have life because of His grace and His mercy and compassion. And you have life because of the love that He has for you. 
And so be thankful to God in your prayers. Matthew chapter 5, verses, verse 45 tells us that God provides for us in physical ways as well. He even makes some provisions for those that are unjust as well as He does for those that are just. Every morning when you wake up and you realize you have what you need, thank God for it. Thank God that you have what you need for that day. If you don't have what you need immediately, ask God to provide you for those things that you need for that day. And do that every day. Each day, thank God that you have what you need. And if you'll do that day by day before you know it, you'll be gone from this life and you will understand that God has provided for you every single day of your life. In fact, I'm sure there are great gifts and blessings in your life that have come from God. Every perfect gift comes from God, doesn't it? James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And so there's so much for which we can be thankful. One of the purposes of our prayer is to thank God for what He's done. Have you ever read Psalm 100? Psalm 100 is a psalm of joy and excitement. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Well, a heart of gratitude brings great joy, and a heart of gratitude cannot be silenced. A heart of gratitude cannot be quiet. And one of the ways that's going to come out is in our prayers. Here's another purpose for our prayer, and that is asking God for help. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11, when Jesus Christ was giving His disciples that model of prayer, a model that they would not repeat over and over again, but they would see as, as a design or as a, a blueprint for the way they needed to pray, He showed them that they needed to pray for the things that they needed. Praying for their physical needs, Matthew 6 and verse 11, but also praying for their spiritual needs, Matthew 6, 12 to 15, praying for the forgiveness of sins. We need to make sure that we are praying unto God for those things that we need. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, we can also pray for the needs of others. Pray for all men. Even pray for those who are in authority. Pray for our leaders. Pray that they'll make the right kinds of decisions so that we can continue to have peace to practice the Christian faith and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in this country. There are many purposes for prayer. But let's think for just a moment about the promise in prayer, and that is God's promise to hear the righteous. It still amazes me every time I think about the fact that the sovereign ruler of this universe wants to hear what I have to say. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 is one of those places where the Bible promises us that God wants to hear the prayers of the righteous. He's looking to hear our prayers. He wants our prayers. When we pray to Him, He is listening to us. The sovereign ruler of the universe, the great Creator, the almighty and holy and perfect Father is listening to you when you pray. And what a great promise and privilege that is. Acts chapter 10 and verse 4 is a very interesting account of a Gentile by the name of Cornelius who was considered by God to be devout. The Bible talks about him in that way. And the Bible speaks in verse 4 of Acts chapter 10 of the fact that this man's prayers had been held up as a memorial before God. This man's prayers were considered to be of value before God. Isn't that incredible to think about? Just amazing to know that the prayers of the devout are that important to God. Do you know that God has promised to hear the prayers of those not only who are righteous, but of those who are praying in a 
fervent manner. There has to be a great deal of desire in your prayer that comes from the heart, a great deal of desire that God hear your prayer and that God answers your prayer. When you pray, you need to pray with, with strength and power and faith and confidence, not in yourself, but in God. You need to pray from the heart. Pray those things that are truly important to you. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, we know that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Much good will be done with those prayers, prayers of the righteous. So God is promising not only to hear our prayers, but He's promising to act upon our prayers as well. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. He promises to hear those who trust Him. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. In that particular context, James is talking about the subject of suffering. And there are going to be times when we suffer that we may not understand why we're suffering. We may not even understand how it is that we are going to be able to get through this suffering. How can we recover? How can we see the way to do those things we need to do as we endure this pain and this agony? Well, what you need to do is pray to God and trust that God will help you. You need to recognize also that there are some benefits to suffering. But when you pray to God, you may want to pray for wisdom. That's what he says there in the context. But he tells us also that when we pray for that wisdom, we need to pray in faith with no doubting, no doubts whatsoever. Have that confidence that God can do whatever He chooses to do, that God can help you in any way He wants to help you, that God will hear your prayers and that God will answer your prayers and don't ever doubt the power of God. Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24. So we've talked about the purpose of prayer and the promise of prayer, which is that God's going to hear you. Now let's talk about power in prayer. We've already hinted at it some, but we understand this. When we pray to our Heavenly Father, we are addressing God the Father, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. And as we address God the Father, we are addressing one whose power is unlimited. Please don't ever doubt that. God's power is limitless. And this being whose power is limitless is listening to your prayers. And therefore your prayers, Matthew 19 and verse 26, that are offered up to the Heavenly Father are powerful indeed. I want you to remember, that, remember this also when you're praying. God always knows the best way. God always knows what's best for you. Obviously, He knows what's best regarding salvation, and He has given us all of that information right here in the Word of God. But clearly, He knows what's best for you in your life and in the situations that you're facing. So trust that when you pray and are praying that His will be done, that He will answer those prayers in a way that is most fitting. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, and consider the words here that are really designed to praise God and to, to glorify God for who He is. But consider them also in the context of prayer and think about just how powerful they are. Notice what he says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be the glory in the church 
by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Did you see what that said? To Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So when you have problems in life, go to God in prayer and understand full well that God can do amazing things. God can answer your prayers in a more powerful way than you can even imagine. God is eagerly waiting to hear your prayer. He will answer your prayer and answer your prayer in a powerful way. Please remember that prayer is going to strengthen your faith. Prayer is going to accomplish great things. Prayer is going to provide for you the possibility of forgiveness of sins. When you ask God to forgive you, you know that those sins are forgiven. There is so much power in prayer and so much that we miss out on when we forget to pray to God or when we fail to pray to God. I want you, therefore, to look for opportunities to pray to God. When you wake up in the morning, maybe even before you get out of your bed, stop and pray to God. You may want to go ahead and get out of bed. That's fine, but pray early when you get up in the morning. Also think in terms of those things that you're going to need for that day, those things that you want to face that day, and pray for those things. Pray also for others that you know may be facing difficulties that day. Pray every time you sit down to eat a meal, understanding that that food is in fact a gift from God. It is a blessing from God. Pray at night before you go to sleep. I would encourage you to come to peace with God through prayer. Have that peace inside of you that passes all understanding. And you do that by prayer. Put all your burdens on God. Put all your worries on God. Trust Him to take care of you. Ask Him even to bless you and your family through the night. And then, with peaceful trust, lay your head on that pillow and you can go fast asleep with that confidence that you have in God. But I also want you to think in terms of other times during the day when you need to pray. There may be occasions where you have suddenly been struck by the fact that a particular blessing in your life is from God and you want to thank Him. Do that. Look for a place and an opportunity where you can pray to God and thank Him for what He has done. Or maybe there's some time during the day when a particular problem has faced you. See if there's some way that you can find a little time to be alone so that you can go to God in prayer. Prayer strengthens your faith. Resolve to improve your prayer life. Resolve to mature your prayer life, and you will be greatly blessed in so doing. We look forward to having you listening to and watching this series of Bible lessons on prayer. You're going to notice that our emphasis is always going to be on the Word of God. We're going to give you a lot of Scripture references. If you're taking notes, you can write those down. But we want you to think in terms of maturing your prayer life. We're going to talk about some principles of prayer as we get to the end of this series. And in that last lesson on prayer, I'm going to tell you a story. Now, the Bible is our standard of authority, and it's what we need to preach and teach. But I'm going to give you a story that's going to help you understand the importance and power of prayer. Throughout the course of this series on prayer, we're also going to be looking at examples of individuals from the Old Testament who were people of prayer. We'll look at both men and women. Then we're going to take a look at some individuals in the New Testament who were people of prayer, 
not the least of which and the greatest of which, of course, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we'll also look at the prayers of the church. We'll talk about private prayers and we'll talk about public prayers and principles of prayer. And we hope that you will benefit from this study of prayer. Thank you so much for watching this first lesson on the subject of prayer.